So, can I finish something? Verse 11. I want King James. Who is King James? King James. You have King James? You have King James, Chris? Okay. Read for 11. Verse 19. Let's read verse 18. It says, For the wrath of God is revealed from how? The wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of man who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. Because what may be known of God, what may be known of God is manifest in them. Did you hear that? To those who are ungodly. This is what may be known of God is manifest in them. Let's continue. For God has shown it to them. How? Oh, is that so? For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen. How? Oh. Being understood by the things that are made. Even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Did you just read that? He says, the things that are made are revealing what? His attributes. And are clearly seen. And we can understand who God is through what? His creation. So everything in creation serves the purpose of revealing God. <laughs> revealing his attributes, his character, his nature, his power, his Godhead. So who God is can clearly be seen in us and in creation. 
So God creates for what? For the purpose of revelation. The revelation of God. So who God is can be seen in what he has created. So question is, did God create Satan? Yes. Yes. He did. <coughs> Satan did not make himself. Now, you must look at this from God's omnipotence and God's uh, sovereignty. He is supreme. He is the supreme Lord. You see, the kind of God we are dealing with is that God that gave Nebuchadnezzar his kingdom. A man who did not fear nor know God. He gave him an entire empire that extended throughout the entire world. He gave Pharaoh his kingdom. You would think that God would put good men in office. But he put Pharaoh. All the kingdoms of the world, except for Israel, were kingdoms that paid homage, not to God, but to demons. Yet God put them in office. Do you, do you, do you know Jeroboam? He was a general in Solomon's army. One day, when Solomon had sinned against the Lord, a prophet of God met him on the way. And he looked at him and he said, God says, I will give you the ten tribes of Israel. Do you know what Jeroboam did? When the Bible makes reference to wickedness, they always say the sin of Jeroboam, the sin of Ahab. That's how deep these men were in sin. Yet who gave him the kingdom? Why would God do such a thing if he is a benevolent God, a good God? So it's things you see throughout the Bible, but you overlook because we are blinded by the fact that we have been indoctrinated that God is good. Now, he is God. He is outside the parameters of definition. So to say God is good is an understatement because he is God. He is not defined by his goodness. He is not defined by his kindness. His greatness is above and outside what we may define as good. So even though creation reveals him, he is not limited or restrained by his creation. He's outside time, outside space, outside all that he created. He is the uncreated one. The Bible says his days are without end and no man can discover his age. The ageless God. Now, everything we bring To describe him doesn't really fit who he really is. So we use it because of the finiteness or the limitation of our minds. Now we are looking at the greatness of God. 
So God, it cannot be boxed by our understanding. So, like last week, most of us, when, I, when, when we discuss certain things, in, in our mind, we will receive, how can this be? It is because of our view, our perception of God. For instance, we read that those whose books, whose names are not written in the lake of fire will be thrown I mean, whose names are not written in the book of life will be thrown into the lake of fire alongside with Satan, the false prophet, and the antichrist. And the Bible says, they shall burn forever. And I said to you, that forever is an age. That there is a point in time where God will take them out of the lake of fire. Because the lake of fire is not something that burns in hell. The lake of fire is something that comes from God. The Bible says, from his throne issues forth a fiery stream. Daniel chapter 7. From himself. His throne. Let me show you. Let me show you. something you might ask yourself. When God created heaven and earth, did he also create hell at the same time? Yeah? No. Why no? Why do you think no? And by the way, we answered your question. Remember about Pharaoh? You remember you asked me Pharaoh? Where is he? We answered, ask, ask, ask them, where is Pharaoh? Yeah. So, give me your answer. Your answer? You said no, right? Hell, was it created alongside with heaven and earth? Or after you said no, it, why no? Because there were no, there were no bad people in this time. There were no bad people. You were trying to say there was no evil at that time, right? Yeah. Right. So that's understandable. When you read that contextually, that's understandable. When God created heaven and earth, there was no evil. Therefore, there was no need for hell. Because hell is for bad people. <laughs> right or wrong? Right. You're right. Right? Hold on. Daniel chapter 7. Daniel chapter 7. was seated. That's God Almighty. His garment was white as 
snow, and the hair of his head was like pure His throne, his throne, his throne was what? Oh, a fiery flame. Right? Some rascal, he says, he said that he was caught up to heaven and then he saw God sitting on a cloud-like chair. You know, if you're wise, you would know from the onset that's that's not heaven, that's something else. Right? So he says his throne was a fiery flame, his wheels a burning fire. Then read verse 10, please. A fiery what? A fiery what? A fiery what? A fiery what? Stream. A fiery stream. Issued from before him. Issued from a fiery stream. That's lake of fire. That's a lake of fire. Where does it come from? From God. The lake of fire comes from God. It comes from God. From God. It comes from it. It this thing is flowing from Him. How is that true? Definitely. Definitely. So He's saying all that sin, devil, fallen angels, demons, uh, 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 sinners. Whose names are not in the book of Leo will be thrown into the lake of fire. Here's the question. Will that fire forever issue from him? That fire that comes out from him, will it be a forever thing? Yes? Why forever? Now, what's the purpose of the fire? The Bible reveals the purpose of the fire is to what? To annihilate what? The wicked ones, okay? But it's coming from him. Will there be a time where there is no need to rule? Yes. First Corinthians chapter 15. When he had put an end to what? All rule, all dominion. The Bible says there is an enemy that must be destroyed, right? The last enemy to be destroyed is what? So that means at that time, at that point in time, when he destroys death, there will be no such thing in creation as death. Because death would have served its purpose. So if there is no need for death, there is no need for lake of fire. I'll show it to you. It's in the Bible. It's in your Bible. First, Revelations. Remember, there's something I want to answer here. Revelation chapter number 20, 20, 20, 20, verse 11. Then I saw a great white throne. What did the man see? The Ancient of Days seated upon what throne? Upon what throne? It was that throne. 
What Daniel saw, okay, let me explain. What Daniel was seeing was the coming of the Antichrist. That's what, what Daniel was seeing. Okay, let me show you. Uh, borrow me your Bible. Those of you who want to go with me to Daniel, let's go. <laughs> we'll come back. Let's leave the others who want to stay in Revelations. Daniel chapter number 7. Right? In the first year of Belshazzar, king of Babylon, Daniel had a dream and visions upon his bed. Then he wrote the dream and told the sum of the matters. Daniel spoke and said, I saw in my vision, and behold, there were four winds of heaven who strove upon the sea. Four great beasts came up from the sea, diverse from one another. The first one was like a lion and had eagle's wings. I beheld till its wings were plucked off and it was lifted up from the earth and made to stand upon its feet as a man and a man's heart was given to it. And behold, another beast, a second like a bear. It raised up itself on one side and it had three ribs in the mouth of its teeth. And they said thus to arise and devour much. And I behold, and lo, Another like a leopard, which had upon the back of his wings four wings of a fowl and a beast, and also had four heads, and dominion was given to it. I saw, now he says, in the night vision, and behold, a fourth beast, dreadful and terrible and strong exceedingly, and it had great teeth. It devoured and broke in pieces and stabbed the residue with the feet. And it was diverse from all the other beasts that was before it. I considered the horns, and behold, they came up among them another little horn, before whom were three of the first horns plucked out by the roots. And behold, in this horn, there were eyes like the eyes of a man, and mouth speaking great things. You see that? So what Daniel was seeing here was the coming of the Antichrist. If you read Revelation chapter 13, the Bible tells us that John saw two beasts, right? One arising from the sea and one arising from the earth. The one arising from the earth was the false prophet. The one arising from the sea was the Antichrist, who was given power by what? He says this beast that arose from the sea had what? Had ten heads and seven horns. Now, the great dragon, how many heads did he have? He had seven heads and ten horns, right? So, and he said, the power that he worked was given to him by Satan. Now, this is consistent with what Paul says in 2 Thessalonians when he speaks about uh, the coming of the Antichrist. Who does working by the working of Satan? In other words, his power, his demonstration, his actions is by the energy that Satan gives him. So, John here is seeing the same thing. But what John is seeing, he's seeing the judgment of what? Of these beasts. Because he says, the courts were seated and the books were open. So there was judgment going on. So the Ancient of Days was sitting on his seat. This seat the Ancient of Days was sitting on is this verse 20. Chapter 20 of Revelations. Because if you go to heaven now, John, John does not see this. 
John chapter 4. John does not see a fiery street. Right or wrong? Revelation chapter, let me show you. Thank you, Jesus. Verse chapter 4, verse 1. After these things I looked and behold a door standing open in heaven. And the first voice which I heard was like a trumpet speaking with me saying, Come up here and I will show you things which must take place after this. Immediately I was in the spirit. And behold, a throne set in heaven. And one sat on the throne. And he who sat there was like a jasper. And the sun is stone in appearance. And there was a rainbow around the throne. There was no rainbow where Daniel was. Right? In appearance like emerald. Around the throne were 24 thrones. And on the throne there saw 24 elders sitting clothed in white robes. And they had crowns of gold on their head. From the throne proceeded lightnings, thunderings, voices. We don't see that with Daniel. Right or wrong? Yep. Seven lamps of fire were burning before the throne. We don't see that. Which are the seven spirits of God. Before the throne, there was a sea. There was a sea of glass. There was a sea of glass. Right? And in the midst of the throne and around the throne were four living creatures full of eyes in front and in back. He makes no mention of fire. So one may read and say, no, it cannot be that out of God proceeds. But this is a sea of glass. If you read Revelations, let's go to Revelations 22. Revelations 22. Verse 1. Read it. And he showed me. Yeah. Proceeding from and of that. I know when I read you, Daniel, you were thinking about this. But the Bible says the river of life flows from the throne of God. You are both correct. So what is happening? One time out of the throne is flowing a lake of fire. The next time out of the lake is flowing the river of life. Both of these streams are issuing out of God. Both of them are issuing out of God. At the same time? Yes. But from two different dimensions. So to answer your question, when God created earth and heaven, was hell also there? Yes. Yes. I just showed you. Out of God proceeds Daniel, so and you can't say dinosaur wrong. He said, out of it proceeds what a fiery stream, and he said his throne was a fiery flame of fire. But this one says, river of life comes out of me. It's a river now of life that's flowing from God, watering the city of God. Ezekiel saw what John saw at the end when he spoke about the river that came out from the side of the throne. And it went down into the Dead Sea. So what is happening? 
is something I've been trying to tell you. For you to know God, you must see all of his signs. You must see his benevolence and you must also know his wrath. Now when God created heaven and earth, in the heavens, there was no manifestation of evil. So therefore, the creation around God could not know that God can get angry. That means, the revelation of God in creation was not complete until another dimension that would provoke the anger of God be revealed. So what God needed to do, he needed to allow for there to be a cause for anger. A cause for his wrath. So what does he do? He creates a being that is full in perfection, complete in beauty, complete in wisdom. And then he does something strange. He implants within that creature the potential of evil. Why? Why? And upon him shall rest the spirit of the Lord, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. How can you know how to fear God unless you know that he's here? The only way you can fear God, the only way that the angels are angels afraid of God today. But there was a point in time where they did not have the fear of God present in them. Why? Because that revelation of God to them was not revealed because there was nothing, no point of reference in creation that would show and teach them how to fear God. Do you see that? So Satan was created with what? Without the ability to fear God. That's why he says, I will ascend, I will be like, I will be. Well, he speaks like one who does not fear God, yet he knows he is created. Why? Because inside him there was nothing of the fear of God. Because that revelation of God was what? Still unveiled. Still a mystery. So he wants to open a dimension. What does he do? He allows for what? The creation of evil. So I will make you good up until a time. Until I want to release a higher revelation of me. Then I will do something to you. I will make you satanus. I will turn you into the personification of evil. So that when you look at God. All of your, your, your knees, your being will buckle up in fear. Will the angels ever fall? Never. They saw what God would do to the one who rebelled against him. Why? Because creation is a university to know about God. You see that? So the fear of God is absent. Without the wreck of God. You get that? If you, if, 
If you were born knowing that God can't get angry, you would do whatever thinking it's okay. And that's why this message of, of, of grace, the majority of his revelation is from hell. Because it promotes an ideology that God is ever good toward you. So it doesn't reveal the full character of God. So any revelation that does not promote God's revelation and God's full revelation of himself, you must know that there's what? Discrepancies. You will fall. God will still love you. You will fall. But there are people in hell today. What are you saying? Why are the people in hell if God still loves them and they sin? Are they not in hell for their sins? Can you see what's wrong with the, with, with, with the message? God is God, the God of grace. So you sin, he'll forgive. You'll sin, he'll forgive. How many times did Satan sin? How many times did Adam sin? Ah. So how many times do you think you will mess up until God says it's enough? How many times did Saul sin? Ah. <laughs> God is a, we are not under the law. It's not about the law. <laughs> it was not the law that killed Adam. It was not the law that killed Adam. It was disobedience. Do you see that? So from God, he should spot life. And also what? The river of fire. One for the destruction and annihilation of evil. One for the perpetuation of life. So you may go into heaven today and will not see it. Why? Because that's not a dimension that God has exposed you to. But there is another dimension that God will expose you to where you find yourself going into heaven and God opens the door right beside his throne and you enter the very court of hell. And you wonder, is heaven, is hell in heaven? <laughs> it's a mystery. So Daniel saw the lake of fire issuing from God. When these people are going Here's the thing, when these people, the great white throne judgment, when these people are going to be judged, where, where is the lake of fire that they're going to be thrown into? Is it somewhere, somewhere? Because the Bible says, death and hell will give up the dead. Both the young, both the small will stand before God and each will be judged according to what, what is written in the books. And then he says, I saw another book. This was the book of life. That those whose names were not found written in it, found means, found means they were at one point there. This is not the book that God writes your name. You know when we get into salvation, they say, Yeah. <laughs> when Jesus died. When Jesus died, before the foundations of the world, when he died, there was a book 
that recorded the spirit of all men that would live at the time at which before he died and after he died. So when Jesus went to hell, he knew who was in the book and who should be saved. So he dies and the book of life is in effect. So every human being that is born, the book of life means every spirit that came out of God is recorded there. Is recorded there. So at the point of their death, if they die, having turned their backs from Christ, their names are erased. So there's a time where that book again will be opened. Now, when that book is opened, will Christians also be there? Will they be there? No. No. Christians will not be there. It's impossible. The, the throne that Christian appears to is the judgment seat of Christ. Paul speaks about it in 2 Corinthians. The beamer of Christ. That's the throne where men who have done what? Their works in Christ will receive their rewards. By the time the lake of fire comes, it's long overdue. So this is the progress. This is how things are going to be. All right? We are Christians now. The spirit is in the process of filtering the wheat from the chaff, the goats from the sheep. Okay? He's filtering now the apostate and the glorious church. So, out of everybody that's in Christianity today, the Bible says, in the kingdom of heaven, they are both the test and the weak. So, they are the seed of Satan and the seed of God. We're in Christianity today. So, not everyone who is a Christian, not everyone that says, Lord, Lord unto me, shall see the kingdom of heaven. Even though they say, Lord, because they are in the kingdom of heaven, does not mean they belong to them. Because they say, I do not know you. Get thee away from you, you what? Workers of iniquity. So, we are both good fish and bad fish in the same kingdom. What did he say? When the servant says, shall we go and root out the ten? He says, no, let them grow together. Let them grow together. So we are still growing together. So everybody can say, I'm a Christian, Christian. I'm a Christian, Christian. But the Bible says, the Lord knows those who are his. I'm Christian, Christian. I'm Christian, Christian. But something is happening. The spirit, the spirit is what? Is setting a soul. Says I have come to bring a sword in a division, a division between those who are truly born again and those who are seeds of Satan. The seed of Satan will be regarded as the apostates, the defected ones, because he says he sent the spirit to bring forth what a bride without spot or wrinkle, not no defect. So if anybody has a defect according to the spirit, you cannot be part of the glorious church. There were ten, ten what? Virgins. Virgins. Both, all ten were virgins. All of them were chaste. All of them had kept themselves. But the five were wise. The five were foolish. The wise one had oil. Where were they going? To meet the groom. But the verses when the groom delayed, they all slept. But then at midnight, a voice cried out saying, what? The, bri the bridegroom has come. Come out to meet him. 
when they woke, those ones realized their oil has what finished. And they asked, please. They said, no, go buy your own oil. They tried to buy oil at the time which was not convenient. It was time to meet the bridegroom. They were going to buy oil. It is time to go meet the bridegroom. You are trying to work the works of salvation. No, you had your time. So the five wives go in and the door is shut. After they have bought their oil, they come and say, open for us. He says, who are you? I don't know you. Yet they were his virgins. It is a portrayal of the kingdom of heaven. That in the kingdom of heaven today, there are those who are of him and those who are not of him. But when that trumpet sound calls, those who are of him, behold, I show you mystery. We shall not all sleep. We shall not all sleep. So there are those who will hear the trumpet. Those who will not hear the trumpet will stay. But those who hear the trumpet, the voices will be caught up. That's when the resurrection of the dead, the first resurrection takes place. The resurrection, those who died in Christ. Jesus said, all shall hear the voice of the Son of God. And what? Those who have done good to the resurrection of what? Good. And those who have done bad to the resurrection of condemnation. And they rise along with the glorious church. They enter into heaven. When they enter into heaven, something begins. What we call the marriage supper of the Lamb. As we enter, we enter into what that great day. Christ is seated. Before the marriage, Christ is seated. And everybody's work is judged. What have you done? What weighs your sheath? And the rewards are given. After the reward is given, there is a banquet. Blessed is he who is invited into the marriage supper of the Lamb. While that is going on here on earth is seven years. We live in the seventh, in the third and a half year. While that is that, as we go out, Elijah and Enoch come down. The Antichrist sits himself in Israel. The great tribulation begins. Israel goes into tribulation. We are in heaven. For three and a half years, it's a day to God. Christ now gets married to the church. When Christ gets married to the church, the Father says, I can bring you Jerusalem. But before he brings you Jerusalem, Enoch must say, I saw the Lord coming out of heaven, riding a horse, with 10,000 of his saints. As we, as we come, that's the seventh year, we land on Mount Olive. As we land on Mount Olive, the false prophet and the Antichrist are thrown straight into the lake of fire. We go into New Jerusalem, but the physical one. We go into Jerusalem. The Lord sets up his headquarters. The angel Michael is sent to bind Satan. Satan is bound for a thousand years. The millennial reign begins. Peace on earth, no evil. Will there be there who have not received Christ? Yes. There will be. There will be. After a thousand years after we have reigned, something begins to happen. Satan is being let out of prison. The Bible says to deceive the nations. Now here's a question I want to ask to you. 
The nations that Satan will deceive are the nations on earth or nations under the earth. Because the Bible says he has been given a short time to deceive the nations. The question is, can he surmount such an army in such a short period of time in the land of the living? In the land where there had been a thousand years of peace, who will he deceive? Who will he deceive? He's not the living. The Bible says he will go to the four corners of the earth, to Gog and Magog. You know what Gog and Magog? The mountain of openings. And the, oh, let me read it to you. <coughs> let me read it to you. Chapter 20. Chapter 20. Verse 7. And after the thousand years have expired, Satan will be released from his prison. And he will go out to deceive the nations which are in the four corners of the earth. Notice, he says the nations which are in the four corners of the earth. The nations which are in the four corners of the earth. Those are the nations that Satan is going to deceive. The nations which are in the four corners of the earth. What is he referring to? He's referring to access points, gates. Into the underworld. So he's just not going to de deceive people who are on earth at that time. No. I'll show you. You will see it. Okay, blessed is he, verse 6 says, verse 5 says, but the dead, but the rest of the dead, there's the key, but the rest of the dead did not live again. No, did not live again. The rest of the dead did not live what? Again, until the thousand years were finished. So there is a portion of the dead that will not live until the thousand years are finished, and then they will live, live again. Blessed is holy he who is part of the first resurrection. If there's a first resurrection, there must be a second resurrection. The second resurrection is the, the resurrection that is initiated by Satan. He is the one that raises the dead. <laughs> now when the thousand years of the Satan will be released from prison, and he will go out to deceive the nations which are in the four corners of the earth. Gog and Magog. To gather them together for battle. Whose number is as the sand of the seashore? Now, at that time, will there be anyone living who is willing to go with Satan? Jesus will be physically on earth. Do you think for a thousand years? Do you think there will be anybody living that will be willing to go and serve Satan? Now, listen to what the Bible says. He will, the number of those who will follow them, follow him is who? Is as what? The sand of the sea. Can it be living people? No. The Bible says something else. Read verse, verse 9. Ow! They went up. Went up from where? Wait. They went up. They went up. They went up. They went up from where? They went up from where? Read it. Read it. And they went up. On the breath, they went up. The word went up means they climbed up. Yeah. They climbed up from where? Angel. From where? Under the earth. She where? So that they who are dead today, they are they will be kept there for who? For Satan. No. 
Read them. They went down from the breath of the earth and surrounded the camp of the saints of the beloved city. And fire came down from God. And out of heaven and devoured them. The devil who deceived them was cast into the lake of fire. Do you see that? And brimstone, where the beast and the false prophet are. And they will be tormented day and night forever. So what happens to the dead? They are cast into hell. They go back into hell. When that happens, something happens. Now with thousand years, then I saw, verse 11, a great white throne and him who sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away. And there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God. And books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged according to their works. By the things which were written in the books, the sea gave up the dead who were in it. And death and hate delivered up the dead who were in them. And they were judged. I want to show you each one according to his works. Then death and hate were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. This is the second death. When was the first death? You see that? When that happened, something happened. I saw a new heaven, chapter 21, and a new earth. The first, the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. Also, there was no more sea. Then new Jerusalem can come down on earth. That's the process of events. Now when will Jesus come? Jesus' second coming is not rapture. Jesus' second coming in seven years after rapture. Now all those things, imagine such a long journey, 7,000 years of events to reveal God. To reveal God. In New Jerusalem, there is no string issue. 7,000 years to reveal God. Why is that important? He says that all peoples shall know and fear the Lord. So Satan was a spectacle. He is very important in the plan of God. When the Lord met Ananias and he said to him, go and anoint Paul. Right? He said, I shall show him his destiny. And what is his destiny? He said, he shall what? Suffer for my name's sake. That was his destiny. To suffer for his name. In other words, there were prayers Paul could not pray concerning suffering that God will add. <laughs> Paul said in 1 Timothy, he says that in me first, Christ should show the pattern for long suffering for those who should fall. 
Why must Job suffer? Why must he suffer? There's a lesson about God he wants to learn. Then comes our father, ex-father Abraham. Amen. God creates Adam. He creates Adam. But Adam does not have the fear of God in him. What is the fear of God? The Bible says the fear of God is to depart from evil. That's the fear of God. To depart from evil is the fear of the Lord. To depart from evil. Now man cannot depart from evil unless he has fear of God. A man cannot stop sinning unless he has fear of God. That is why even though the children of Israel had the law, they would still sin because they did not have the fear of God. So the only thing that can stop men from rebelling against God is the fear of the Lord. And the Bible says the beginning of knowledge, the beginning of wisdom is to fear the Lord. And the fear of the Lord is to depart from evil. So your journey in, in God does not begin until you learn to fear him. And you never really fear him until you are depart from evil. So you may be a Christian and never know God. You may be a Christian and never know God at all. You may have the blessings of God but not the knowledge of God. God will hide his knowledge from you. The secrets of the Lord are with those who fear him. To them he shall show his covenant. So we have Christians who are covenantless. There is nothing that God has sworn to them. Why? They don't fear God. Who is he that fears the Lord? Him shall he teach in the way he should go. Why are Christians confused today? The most confused people on earth today are Christians. Yet they have a whole Holy Ghost in them. Confused. The fear of God is missing. Who is he that fears the Lord? Him shall he teach in the way that he should go. He shall not judge according to the what? To his eyes, nor his ears. But in righteousness shall he execute justice. Why? The fear of the Lord is upon him. So obviously, there was a possibility in creation for creation to fall because creation had not known the what? The fear of the Lord. They had to learn it through experience. The fear of the Lord cannot be learned any other way except through experience. Till God brings a naked woman before you and you say, no, that's the fear of the Lord. It's experience. You don't learn that in prayer. So creation needed to experience the fear of the Lord. So God needed to what? He needed a vessel to demonstrate his wrath so that others who are watching can learn. If you do that against God, you fall. Your wages of sin is death. So after that, every angel that did not side with Satan knew never to go against God. So the fear of God was birthed in them. And all Israel heard the voice of God from heaven and they shook in fear and they said, don't let him speak to us for we are afraid. Moses says, I am afraid. 
I am afraid. So a man who lives without the fear of God, even though, even though, even though he may be born again, Adam was created by God, yet he fell. He fell because there was no fear of God in him. It was not yet birthed in him. And the fear of God cannot exist in an environment of pride. So that Satan was prideful tells us that he had no fear for God. Even though he had wisdom. But the Bible says the wisdom from what? From earth is what? Fleshly, sensual, demonic. So you are perfect in wisdom, but not the wisdom that produces the fear of God. The wisdom that produces what? Power and pride. And that's why today, as Christians, we cannot experience God. We cannot see God's goodness, God's favor, God's grace in our life because we don't have the fear of God. The fear of God is missing in our lives. The reason for all failure is this thing. That's why Samson can be so powerful, filled with might and still fall. David, with all the wisdom he had, still see. of God is learned. Whose fault was it? God cannot make you fear him. He must teach you to fear him. That's why after Adam sinned, that's when he was afraid. After he sinned, he said, I was afraid for I heard your voice. Then he heard his voice, but he was not afraid. What had happened? He was terrified. Why? Because there was a dimension of God that was opened up. Satan knows. Satan said to Eve, for God knows that the day you eat, you shall be like him. And God said, behold, man has become like one of us, knowing good and evil. So now, Adam would know the evil side of God. And that would terrify him. Because the evil side of God is that one that says, boy, get out. Get out. Get out. Adam was not yet exposed to the elements of outside of Eden. Yet God said, get out. I don't care how you make it, go get out. And as you go out, the earth is cursed for your sin. Thorns and briars shall it yield for you. And you, woman, he said, in pain you should pain, thou shalt give pain. Get out. Why? They invoked his wrath because there was no fear. People don't understand the fear of the Lord today. Ananias and Sapphira died. You see, sometimes, because we don't die like Ananias and Sapphira, we think death is not set in motion. But what you don't realize is that the moment you begin to go against God, rebel against God, knowingly, death in you is set in motion. There are events that will happen in your life that will lead you to your death. There is a way that seems right unto a man. But the end thereof is death. They died. Nobody cried. There was no service. 
They were just buried. There was no service. No service for Ananias and Sapphira. They just died. Buried. There was no, no service. Satan fought for God to teach the angels the fear of God. Adam fought to teach humanity the fear of God. And he knew. The Bible says Adam was not deceived. Do you know what that is? He was, he was not deceived. The woman was deceived. So when the woman said, take the baby, he took it, knowing the consequences. He had not yet experienced the consequences. He heard what would happen. The Bible says he did. Knowingly, in his right mind, in his right mind, you in your right mind, would you do that? Uh -uh, you would. <laughs> you would. You know why? The absence. He was afraid after, not before. He was afraid after, not before. And that's what's wrong with some of us. Let him stand as a man and answer me now. 
And when God speaks to Job, he does not address his situation. He addresses something higher. Job failed to see the sovereignty of God. He failed to see the greatness of God. He failed to see the power of God in his own life. What God wanted to do with Job was to humble him, was bring him to a point of humility. If Job had humbled himself before God, the encounter would have been different. But the encounter was contrary to what me and you have thought. Because after a man has suffered so much, God would come and console the man. God would come and say, oh my son, this happened. But no, God does not. God asks him questions Job cannot answer. Why? Because God was trying to humble Job in the experience. Then I heard a voice say, I bring calamity to bring my people to humility. Why? Because the only time God can encounter us is at our lowest point in life. You can never meet God, brothers and sisters, while you are here. God must debase you. God must bring you low. Look at Moses, 40 years in the wilderness. A man who was a prince, now he was a shepherd. He could meet God. He qualified. Abraham, what was his humility? He was an old man without an heir. He was an old man without a son. That breaks a man. Unable to, he was impotent. Everybody around him knew he was impotent. So they called him Abraham. He, you, are, you are an assumed father. He walked his entire life broken. I can't believe children. God said, I'll meet you. When he met him, he said, I'll meet you great. Paul, Paul, the high man, Jesus brought him down. He humbled him. His humiliation brought blindness. So our encounters are delayed by our self-vindication, self-righteousness. Why is this happening to me? Yet we fail to see that God is greater than this. God is in control. He is the one that pushes the buttons. He is the one that's behind everything that happens to us, good or bad. That's why Paul says, give God thanks in all things. Jesus could not ascend to the throne until he went down low. Until the Bible says he humbled himself, even to the point of death. Objective was complete. The man had become a normal man. 
Moses. Moses was the most humble man on earth. You know what the word there means? Was the most depressed man on earth. Jesus, Philippians chapter 2, says, Let this mind be in you, who which was also in Christ, who being the form of God, did not consider robbery to be equal with God, but humbled himself. Humbled himself. The Bible says he brought himself low. The word there is depression. perspective of the spirit in what you are going through. What that thing should do is bring you to depression, yes, but not to invoke self-righteousness, but to go on your feet and say, you are God. You are, what did Jesus say? He says, Father, you know, you know, I read that part, I read that, I read that part twice when he was in Gethsemane. He said, Father, I know that all things are possible with you. Then he says, if it is possible, let this cup Pass away from me. Then he says, nevertheless, not my will, but your will. The second time he prayed, he did not pray the same way. He said, Father, if this cup cannot pass away until I drink it, your will be done. There was a progression. At first he said, oh, please, please, God, I don't want this thing. The second time he went on his knees, he understood that maybe in God's wisdom and God's sovereignty, he intends for this thing to go this way so that he might bring you to the point where you say, not my will, but your will. God breaks us in different ways. He says, he says he's close to a what? A broken and contrite spirit. Why, why can't I see God? You're not broken enough. Why can't I meet God? You are running away from your cup. It is your cup. Who else must drink it? Jesus had his own. It's your cup. What's your own? Father, if this thing will not pass away. He tells you the only way this thing will pass away if you drink it. Drink it, it will pass. If you don't drink, it it will always hold around you. Hover around you. One year, three years, five years, six years. Why, Lord, why? It's your cup, drink it. To the point of death. After he did that, what did God do? He exalted him. What did God do with Job? He exalted him. What did God do with Moses? He made him God. What did God do with Abraham? He made him possessor of earth and heaven. What did God do with Jesus? He made him Lord of all. They were willing to subscribe to the process. You would be surprised if you go to heaven today and find Adam and Eve holding a very high position Better yet, when you go into heaven today, Adam and Eve have their own area, especially for them. Nobody just goes in there. They were saving God. 
a second man who is a large human spirit with man of God. There are two races, two human races. The one could not come until the other came. So we see the wisdom of God displayed in creation, displayed in the events of history. It is God's wisdom that somebody like Adam, the lamb slain from the foundation of the world, why would it be slain before a man was ever there? Because it was discussed in the heavens. Do you see that? What was God trying to prove by giving Satan power over Job? One thing, that God is greater than all things. The fact that God allowed Satan shows that God is more powerful. And shows that God did not intend and knew that whatever Satan would do to Job would not destroy him. But he wanted Job to come away to the point of humility. You are Lord. You are God. You are Lord. You are Lord. Habakkuk says, Though the earth yield not its fruit, though the clouds give their rain, he says, Yet shall I praise you. Your loyalty to God is proven. and then I take another route. He says, I shall not fear for thou art with me. God said, when you go through the fires, it shall not burn you. When you go through the waters, it shall not overcome you. He says, for I am with you. Why does he say, when the waters come, I will hide you? Because the word of the Lord must be tried. Joseph, you must become a prisoner. You must become a slave before you become a minister, a king, a prince. It's a process of life. If we cannot learn this process, we will never see the goodness of God in our lives. It's the process of life. But all men is the same. That's why there is no pastor who has ever walked into a funeral and brought true comfort to the family and brought healing to the family. None. They may say whatever, 
You can't. How can you? How can you? Tell me, how can you? You can't. You, you can't. The process of life. The best you can say is God be with you. Hold on to God. If you leave God, is that your own priority? That's your own demand. So do you see how the wisdom of God works? Do you see how it works? And what is our own? Our own is to say, I subscribe to that way of life. <laughs> Sometimes you may not subscribe, but it will happen. It's process. There is no, if you say, I've never had a bad day, terrible, the boss says, the evil day is coming. <laughs> it came for Jesus. Who are you? You are not so impenetrable <laughs> that the evil day will not come. The evil day is coming. And it's coming in a way that God has what specially tailored for you. Because there is a point God wants to bring you to. But you know what we do? We resist his ways. It's too much. Oh, it's too much. No, no. No, no. And the more you pray against it, the more you set yourself back. Yeah. Sometimes even years. Ask Moses. Ask Moses. 40 years. 40, 40 years. 40 years. How many years? I say four years. 40 years. Because God does not mind. Do you, what is his purpose? What is the agenda of God? What is heaven's perspective, heaven's view concerning this thing? The man who was there for 38 years, do you know he's honored by Jesus, by God, more than all those who got healed by the angels? Because you look at it from the fig tree is the most famous tree today. That fig tree in the kingdom of trees it is the most honored. The donkey that ba uh, 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 Bala beat and the donkey that spoke is the most famous donkey today. In heaven, it is honored. It is known. Oh, you are that donkey that spoke. <laughs> you are that donkey that saved the prophet, the dumb prophet. Is <laughs> the wisdom of God. Is the wisdom of God. That's why I tell you. Talking about it will not help yeah. from Jesus. It will not help. You can go to your mother and cry, oh, mama, this pain.
of dominion, but he failed the temptation. subscribe to it fully and come out will be leaders, will be rulers, will be kings, will be princes. That's how it is. You don't get nothing, something for nothing in this world. And especially with God. In all the affliction, he was afflicted. And the angel of the Lord and the angel of his presence saved him. In his love and in his pity, he redeemed them. He bore them and carried them all the days of old. To stand. But they rebelled and grieved his Holy Spirit. So he turned himself against them and his and he fought against them. You see that? When they rebelled, he became their enemy. You can't have an enemy more powerful than God. If God is your enemy, forget. You can call all of hell to assist you. It won't work. But the Bible says he fought against them as an enemy. Why? Because they rebel and grieve his spirit. So the forces that are resisting you may not be saved. The forces in your life that are withstanding and resisting against you, it may be God Almighty. And you may be praying, you may be fasting, you may be casting. There is no law for casting God. I cast him out. And you find that it is God himself. He resists the what? The proud. He resists the proud. He resists the proud, but what gives grace to the humble? 
So what Jesus said, if you are given a club, don't return it. It's not so that you can... What? It's not so that you can show yourself. No, it's to open you to a dimension of life. Humility. this one, on this one, on this one, on this one will I look. So he doesn't look at everyone. On this one will I look. On this one will I look. On him who is pure, weak. On him who is poor, weak. You know, in the Hebrew, the word pray is the Hebrew word means to become weak before, to become sick before. So true prayer is what? Becoming weak before God. Becoming infirmed before God. Because there the spiritual bears up in our weaknesses. Unless there are no weak, there is no weakness in your prayer. The spirit that there you are. My grace is sufficient. In your weakness, my power is made perfect. On this one will I look. On this one will I look. This is something that have that have shortchanged and I, and and limited Christian progress. Because we come into Christ thinking we are entitled, we have this entitled mentality. All things are mine. <laughs> they are ancient paths. They are ancient ways. And Christianity does not do away with them. These parts, brothers and sisters, are as old as God himself. On this one will I look. On this one will I look. That's why God at many times is more provoked to work, to move over the life of a sinner than his own child. Why? Because there's a weakness, the Spirit says. When the Spirit moves in a place, He looks for weakness, poverty in spirit. Then He says, and of a contrite spirit. 
You know what a contrite spirit? A spirit that's been smitten, that's been stricken. That's what it means to be smitten, to be beaten up. A beat up soul, a beat up spirit. Is on this one when I look. <laughs> Amazing, huh? Amazing how God works. Then he says, and who trembles at my word? Says on this one when I look. On a poor, meek spirit. In Psalms he says, a broken and a contrite spirit. Remember Hagar? Mm -hmm. She left her child and went to the other side. And the Bible says that the Lord heard the cry of Ishmael. And from heaven he sent the Lord. And in the wilderness the Lord made a place. Because he heard the cry of a broken spirit. Of the cry of a contrite spirit. What a contrite It's a spirit that's been smitten by life. A soul which life has exasperated of its strength as a poor spirit. To be weak means to be without strength. So your prayers must contain weakness. No strength, weakness. And what's the demonstration of weakness? Tears. Wail. Travail. Self-righteous one who enters the temple and says, God, I pray nicer than that one. I give my tithe, I attend church twice a week, I give to not like this one. But the Bible says, He who has accepted is one who tore his own before God and says, Father, the Bible says, couldn't even look up. I am not deserving. I'm not as faithful. But oh, I need your mercy. And Bob says, and to that one, mercy is shown. Why? Because the, the smell of his incense is much sweeter. It's much sweeter. It's much sweeter. Let me show you something. Verse 11. 
while this is being done by your hands, will he accept you favorably? Says the Lord of hosts. Who is there even among you who should shut the doors so that you will not kindle fire on my altar in vain? You know what God is saying here? I have no pleasure in you, says the Lord, nor will I accept an offering from your hands. For from the rising of the sun to its going down, in other words, in every place where the sun shines, he says, my name shall be great among the Gentiles. My name, this is what God is interested in. He's interested in his name being great among the Gentiles. In every place where the sun shines, he's interested in his greatness revealed. Did you pray now? When you pray, he says, from the rising of the sun to the setting down of it, he says, my name shall be made great among the Gentiles. There is a way, there is a system by which his name is made great. He says it. He says, in every place, Oh, glory. In every place, incense shall be offered to my name. That's how his name is made great. He says, in every place where incense, incense, incense is offered to my name. What is the, what, why, why does the Lord say incense? In every place where incense is offered to my name and a pure offering for my name shall be great among the nations says the Lord of hosts it says in every place incense shall be given to my name incense Psalm 141 what is the Lord talking about Psalm 141 how to pray in your life how to pray. True prayers. How to pray true prayers. Psalm 141. Incense. Somebody say incense. Incense. Say incense shall be offered to God. To my name. Verse 2. Let my prayer be set before you as what? Incense. Incense. Let my prayer be set before you as incense. That's what David says. Let my prayer be set before you as incense. This, this was a, a New Testament thing. He got it in the old. Incense. Incense. God told him to make the altar of incense in the Old Testament. And in every once a year, when the high priest would go into the tabernacle, the Bible says he would go in and when he entered the Holy of Holies, he should have made sure that he burned incense before the mercy seat of God. It says, for then thou shalt make atonement. Revelations, and the angel of the Lord took the center which was from the altar and the incense which were the prayers of the saints. And he presented it before God. And there was lightnings and thunderings upon the earth. And he says, in every place where the sun shines, my name shall be made great. By the offering up of incense. He's 
God's name made great in your life. What you must ask yourself is how much incense are you offering up to God every day? In your life is the incense being given to the Spirit. Being given to the Spirit to take to the Father. Incense. He says he's made great in your life and amongst the nations by the incense you offer. By the prayers you offer. Prayer as incense. David said, let my prayer be as incense. Prayer as incense. Numbers, when the children of Israel rebelled against the Lord and Moses, the Bible says the wrath of the Lord came upon Israel, and there was a plague. And Aaron and Israel set themselves before the Lord. While he was praying, Moses said, Stop praying, go and get the incense and stand the wrath of God. And the Bible says, Aaron stood between the dead and the living with incense in his head, and the plague was stopped. Yet 14,000 people died. There was no incense. Something is corrupting in your life. Something is dying in your life. There's no incense. There are things in your life that are you may know them, you may not know them, but they are dying. The only thing that can stop the process of death and decay is incense. Your marriage is dying, your finances are dying. Incense. Incense. Incense is what's needed. You heard they were retrenching at work. Incense is the thing that was standing between the dead and the It's not the laying hands of men of God. It's not the prophecy from men of God. That will not do any good because it may not give glory to God. It's incense. Incense. Are you burning incense to the Lord? Are you burning incense to the Lord? See, maybe that's why things are eroding. Things are crumbling. There's no incense. There's no incense. But when you say, I will make the name of the Lord great in my life, and I will offer to him incense. What is incense? It's prayer. It's prayer. It's prayer from the broken heart. That is the perfume. That is the scent that gives your prayer Perfume and an aroma to God. Incense. Or you say enough is enough. Too many things have been dying. I must burn incense. I must burn incense in the spirit. I must burn incense. Until you do. Until you do. Things may continue to die. Someone doesn't understand. They buried in five years six family members. There is something in that family. And the only thing that can stop it is incense. Making the name of the Lord great. In 
senses. Someone you have never lasted in a job. Everywhere you go, you are fired. Something is following you. But it is incense that will invoke the greatness of God. You are qualified, you have a degree, but no job. Everywhere you go, you need incense. You need incense. Not the incense that will come from your church, no. Incense that will come from your heart. From your spirit, aroma, offering incense to his name and a pure offering. You need incense and you need seeds to entreat the favor of God. God was angry with Israel. They were dying left, right. And the Bible says, God said to Moses, Get thee away from me, that I may destroy these people in a moment. It was God's plan that these people would die in one moment. But because they were praying, the death crept in slowly, but they were still dying. There was no incense. I think Moses said, God never told Moses to burn incense. It was something he got in the spirit. He told Aaron, get up from here and burn incense. Burn incense. You need incense. The smell of incense is missing in your life. That's why demons are taking you left, right, and center. The smell of incense is missing in your life. But I'm born again, brothers and sisters. There is the path of life. What on Israel's people? They killed them. can see that the end of this thing is dead. The end. You watch. You watch. Make his name great. Make his name great. Make his name great. Offer up incense. I know who I'm talking to, but you need incense in your life. Are you listening to me? You need incense. You need incense. The prayer of a broken spirit. It's not about it's about burning incense. If you can't burn incense, you can't stop death in your life. You can't stop erosion. You can't stop calamity. It's incense that stops those things. When God in your life is made great, when his name is made great, he's made great by what? The offering up of incense to what? To his name and a pure offering. If you are too busy to offer up incense, you are not ready for change. Some of you, you say you want change, but are willing to show, are willing to show for it. Then incense. I listen to me. I listen to me. Then incense. 
You get in your room, you shut your doors, you say, I'm burning incense now, Lord. And you open your tongue. And you pray and pray. You are burning incense. Where there's a smoke, there's a gathering. God must see the smoke in your life. Must see the smoke. He's attracted by incense. What stopped God from cursing the earth? He said, when the offering of Moses came up to him as what? As incense. When the Lord smelled it, it was a sweet smelling, a sweet smelling aroma. And the Lord said, I swear by my own name. Lord was seed time and harvest time. Never cast the earth again. It was incense. Now you see, you've been praying, but you've not been burning incense. Convert your prayers into incense. You, how do you do that? You say, Father, I am burning incense as I pray. David said, Let my prayer be as incense. He was converting his prayer into incense. What is incense? It's perfume, it's smoke, it's aroma. many things are going on in the spirit that are hindering the process of God in your life. You must burn incense to eradicate it. You must burn incense. <coughs> Too many things are going on trying to undermine the value of God's word in your life. You must burn incense. You must burn incense. Until you burn incense, the corrosion may not stop. The death may not stop. <coughs> Satan is not permitted to go anywhere where incense is burned. He's not allowed. Incense prohibits him. Because incense is a spiritual territorial marking that this place is the Lord's. <coughs> burn incense. You've been casting devils, you've been binding. You, you must burn incense. That's what you need. The burning of incense. Not the casting of devils, the burning of incense. Let's all stand, let's all stand, let's all stand.
prayer be as incense over you. The lifting up of my hands is the evening sacrifice. I burn incense to your name. I burn incense to your name. I pray I burn incense to your name. I burn incense to your name. I burn incense to your name. In the name of Jesus, I burn incense to your name. Pray, 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 pray. 